1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle! It's going to go! Touchdown! Go!
2: Let's start. Croc, you good? You want to get into some questions, bro? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get into some questions. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to roll through the questions. I'm going to do it how I've been doing it just because we, we got quite a few, and I want to give everybody a chance to kind of roll through it. Um, Have your question ready. You jump on. You ask your question, and the odds are pretty good. I'm just going to kick you right back off because I'm a hater like that. And no, I'm just kidding. We just, we just want to move on to the next person. It's like a double edged sword. Like we don't want to be here for two hours and we want to give everybody a chance to speak. So don't be offended. Just have your question ready to roll. And and then you might just get kicked off stage. So don't just, don't be mad at me. All right. Just come on. <laughs> Lance Rob got time today. You guys know, it's all love. I'm always giving you guys love. I don't think anybody would doubt my intentions because I'm always on here praising everybody that who's who's in here, who's in here with us and listening to the pod. So I I know that everybody's not confused as to where my heart lies. It's just you know Croc's got a got a whole family that he's keeping perfectly silent in the background right now. <laughs> I'm just, uh, so let's let's I'm just kidding. Let's just get into it. Let's get first up. We got I think it's Vahe. I think it's Vahe. I know we've had Vaje before. Um, hopefully I didn't butcher the name, but. And hopefully everything's working. Bye, you are on stage, my friend. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you guys hear me? We can. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Um,
3: yeah, I think we're taking Lance. Um, I feel like Lance goes through his reads a little better than Fields. But at the same time, uh, we don't know uh, what they're asked to do from their coaches. That's why I feel like the meetings with these prospects are such a big deal and such a big piece of the puzzle we don't have. When we're trying to figure out who we're taking, um, so yeah, I think Lance takes what the defense gives him. I don't know, I don't know if you guys see the same as me, but that's what I've been seeing um, when I watch more of the tape and stuff. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that fair?
4: Definitely. Um, yeah. you know, I, again, a lot of it has to do with what they're asked, and that's what yeah. my guy Greg Pinelli, He's a quarterback guy. When I had him on the YouTube yesterday, that's one thing he was saying. It's hard to, you know, you when you don't know what the coaches are asking them to do, yeah. it's hard to kind of put them down for certain things. But um, I would say just kind of watching it, whether it's All-22 or, the, you know, the YouTube games, that is one thing that is apparent. You know, um, it looks like Trey Lance is more likely to go to his check down than force something downfield, you know, I guess you could say yeah,
3: that. Yeah, I, yeah, the meetings are such a big deal, so we don't have that access because maybe Fields is sticking with his first read because he's really confident in his guy. Like, for example, Chris Olave. So he's just betting on him getting open. It's not that he can't do it. Maybe he's just betting on Olave because Olave is a stud. He, like, sticks out every time I watch uh, Fields' tape. So he's in a well, really what, good Well,
4: that's yeah. what Fields said, too, right? Fields was oh. like, my guy, they, they asked him about that. And he's like, it's not that I can't go to reads. My guy always wins. <laughs> yeah, Olave, Olave's
3: a stud. Like, oh my god, like he's he's so slick. Like he, he's gonna be really good, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, and, he's hella
2: good. He, yeah. When, I, when, when I, I watched uh, every time, yeah, I mean, you can't true. watch Justin Fields and not be watching Chris Olave. Like, yeah, he just they they the it's the same thing.
3: Yeah, and I felt like Fields went through his reads more in the playoffs, but not as much in the regular season. Maybe that's just me, but I don't know. That just that's just what I
4: saw. Well, because when, you, when you're facing, like, you know, at least higher – or that could be, you know, it could be two things. One, maybe, you know, the level of competition that just kind of forced him to do things. Maybe they took away that first option, right? Or yeah. it could be him learning from some earlier mistakes, right, in the Yeah, year. that's true. Where, yeah, he could be growing and, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and, that, he, yeah. That, that was you know, him growing, These guys right, are right? young,
3: like, last is 20, field, what is he, like, 21? So yeah. they're, they're hella young, so – I mean, there, I feel like there's got to be some luck involved in getting this pick right um, because everyone is like, – they're calling the Chiefs geniuses and stuff for trading Mahomes, but they were the same team who tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch the year before. So there, we got to get – I think we got to get lucky on getting this pick right. There's got to be some luck involved for sure. Yeah.
2: So I, mean, I just I hope yeah, we I get mean, the right that's, guy. That's the, case with, that's the case with the entire draft, man. Like it yeah. all involves a little bit of luck. You never know. Are so. you guys
3: um, – does Fields' throwing motion concern you guys?
2: Not me.
4: No? Nah. No. I mean, it, it's a little loopy, but it seems like it's it's still pretty fast. I think that's the one thing. Some, some people, they'll look at the throwing motion and think like, oh, it's a longer throwing motion, so it takes them a long time. But there are some people that might have a little bit longer of a throwing motion or his is like a little whippy, but it's still quick. So I think from that standpoint – I don't think it's that much of an issue, but it's kind of hard to tell until you see him maybe at the NFL level. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, on that for sure. All
2: right, bye. Appreciate you, man. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, dude. All right, let's move on to Aaron. Aaron, you are on stage. Hopefully, everything's working. You there, dude? Aaron. It's uh, uh some, sometimes the, the audio doesn't yes. work, and he's gotta come back through. Aaron, I think I just heard you. You guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we do.
5: All right, sorry about that.
2: Oh, it's um, all good, dude.
5: Hey, did you guys hear the um, the interview with Michael uh, Lombardi that he did today?
2: I, mm. didn't hear, I didn't hear one today. I thought I heard oh, one yesterday. Maybe, maybe it or, was yesterday. Are you talking about the one where he just basically said it's not going to be Justin Fields at three? Yes, that one. Okay, so, yeah, that's that's basically. I mean, I didn't I didn't read the I didn't hear the rest of it, but I did hear that one part where he was kind of laughing and and kind of joking it at him being wrong or something like that. And he just basically said, you know, you can laugh all you want, but it ain't gonna be Justin Fields at three.
5: Yeah. So I have a couple of uh, a little conspiracy theory about that one because if you guys, I mean, it's funny how we all kind of listen.
2: To- oh, you still there? Can we last yeah, you can. Oh, there you go. Kind of, I could hear him again, yeah. but it just it cut out for a little bit. Sorry.
5: Um, it's funny how we all listen to the same pods, you know, between Ham Pod and Michael Lombardi, and you know, different 49er pods and whatnot. I remember he specifically was uh, pounding a table. It's Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones. And in the interview, I thought it was interesting that he he wasn't as strong on that, but he basically said. Um, his sources, and he was bragging in a way that he, um, as if he really had a strong source, and my theory is I'm wondering if it's Mike, Mike Shanahan, if they're buddies from, you know, because they've been around for a long time, um, and I wonder if that's what Mike was telling him, no, it's not Fields, so he was like, yeah, it's, I, it's, if it's not Mac Jones, it's going to be Lance, and I just was wondering what your guys' thoughts on that whole part, uh, thought
6: on that.
2: Oh, man. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, hopefully, Aaron didn't. I mean, I'm here. No, no, no. I well, I, I, uh, I, I put Aaron off the stage. Hopefully, he's not mad at me. But I mean, that, we got his question. So, um, I don't know. I mean, to me, I mean, what, what can I say? What can I say to that? You know what I mean? Like, everybody, as of right now, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and nobody, and like we said earlier, nobody knows shit. So. I mean, he can say that it's not going to be Justin Fields and that it's, you know, either Trey Lance or Mac Jones, but we're not going to know. We can't – I can't argue against that until we get to April 29th or whatever it is. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, but the biggest – one of the biggest thing that's been reported is that nobody knows who the pick is. So his, his source would have to be pretty damn good. I don't know. What do you think, Kroger? Uh,
4: I agree. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we I, I just don't that's... know. We just don't know. Like, right. and, and, I mean, again, he acted like he oh, it's Mac Jones, uh, but if it's not Mac Jones, it's Trey Lance. So it's like you don't know who it is. Then. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? So I mean, that that it, that just go goes back to what we've been saying. Like, nobody knows exactly who it's going to be.
2: Right, and that, and that I can't, and so I I can't like refute somebody like that. I can't. You know, I can't. I can't say he's wrong because I don't. I definitely don't know. You know, if if I if I knew that, I wouldn't be holding out on you guys. So there's just there's just no way to know. But let's get let's get a uh, let's get Vams in here. Vams, you are on stage, my friend. What you got? You got? Hello? Can you hear me? Y- yes, we can.
6: Hey, I just wanted to say that doesn't it feel like Lance gets more of a benefit of the doubt? Like he got to sit in NDSU for a year before he got to play. He got to absorb that system. Like, like, Fields had to just show up. Like, in, in Georgia and Ohio State, runs a wildly mm. different offense. Fields just shows up. It's like, okay, you're the guy. We have Chase Young. We have uh, Jeffrey Okuda. The, our roster is stacked. You, you're the guy to push us over the top. And they were number one before the final rankings put LSU and Burrow at number one. It's like, he threw 40 touchdowns and one interception in his first year starting out of a new school. It's like, this is the same situation we're in. It's like, we're stacked. We have everything. We just need you to push us over the top. It's like, we're not the Bills like when Sean McDermott just got there where we're, we're like, in a rebuild. We got two or three years. We can take on a project. You can draft Lance in 2017, but you can't draft him in 2021. We don't have that kind of time. And Fields has that kind of pressure. It's like, okay, you're a the, the new offense, new roster, the roster's stacked. And, like, you've got to push to be the number one team in the nation. You know, the uh, well, I mean, has been on here from the beginning, it's like the spotlight was never on Lance. Like even when he was like twenty-eight, touches and zero interceptions. Like he didn't have the the like the, the nation like looking like putting him up through the microscope, like game in and game out, like Fields did since he was fifteen.
2: I mean, that's true. But at the same time, somebody I know just recently released a a video on his YouTube channel called Crock Talk TV about <laughs> Trey Lance being more possibly be more pro-ready than Justin Fields is. So well, he – it's because he got to
6: sit for a year in, in that offense. Like, Fields, like, just like – he just got there and they built it, like, on the fly. That's not the
2: him. only reason – you can't, like, say that's the only reason why. Like, we don't sat know. If year
6: and only played one year, he would look like a star. Come on.
2: Not really. You're still playing college. You can still sit for a year and then start and suck. Like – it, yeah. it, either you got it or you don't. So like, I don't. I don't. I'm not ready to say that the only reason Trey Lance did well was because he got it for a year, and maybe he would have done just as well if he got to play that first year. I don't know. But Tr- Crocker, what were you? going What elaborate? Elaborate.
4: Yeah. Well, the I think the, the the part that he when I was saying like most pro ready is because North Dakota State asked him to do NFL things and Ohio State. Even, you know, even in, you know, his uh, Justin Fields second year, when it comes to like, you know, the setting the line protections, getting them in the right play call and things like that. It it wasn't on Justin Fields like that was on, you know, they would act like they're going to snap. They clap their hands. Oh, okay now let's look to the sideline. Coach is either going to say, yeah, go with that play or no run this play where uh, so everything was still in the coach's hands it just
6: bugs me that Lance never had the weight of the world on him. It's like he, like there wasn't a single game where it's like the, you have to win it with your arm like and just your arm. It's like it was always a run first off. It's like he never had the microscope on him. He never had to carry that team against a good team. It's like you never had to throw to come back from a deficit. You never, like, lost to Clemson on the last-second interception and then the very next year go all the way back there, and throw six touchdowns to get your revenge. Like, come on. Like, Lance didn't have to do that level of, like, like he didn't get hit like that mentally he didn't have the microscope on him like that you know what i mean
4: i i hear you but he did but in his just in a different circumstance right like as much as we kind of look at the fbs like okay yes yeah, the lower level and whatnot you really have to look at it from this aspect one he kind of does have the weight of the world on his shoulders because north dakota state don't lose so already you're coming in there with, as a freshman and it's like damn like I have to lead us. It's it's championship or bust when you're at North Dakota State. So up top, going into that as a freshman, it's all on you. Right? You gotta make sure that you're right now, yeah, it was a it's a run heavy offense, but he's part of that run heavy aspect of it. And he definitely throw the ball and they were pushing the ball down the field with the throws. Um and even like going to the national championship and you you know, with at the FCS level, when you talk about just, you know, kinda of battling through adversity, it was like zero degrees. And he still had to figure out a way to fight through that and still win a game. And, you know, he carried the team to to victory, running the ball like 30 times or whatever it was. So I do think he's kind of proven that he can win any style of game. Is he a finished product or anything like that? Like, nah. And I think that's part of it that might be appealing to an NFL team where it's like, man, this is a high-level kid. He has all this ability, right? Let's just look at his traits. Let's look at how he throws the ball. Let's look at, you know, the ball placement oh, okay, he missed this throw. Why did he miss it? Like, you know, those things, and when you look at that, you'll just figure out what type of player he can be, and then from there, you know, you you just bank on him improving because I, I think you can be good at Ohio State and still not end up being good. Not saying that that would be the case for Justin Fields, but, um, shoes, uh, um damn Carson Wentz. For, for whatever Carson Wentz is going through now, Carson Wentz was really good, and there was a time where he was considered a top-seven quarterback in the NFL, so it's not like he couldn't play. And he played at North Dakota State, FCS level. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't look too much into – I get what you're saying. And the, you, seeing Fields go through those different adversities definitely helps from my standpoint, but that's not why I would pick him over Lance.
2: Well, and it, it, the thing that that it may, brings me up is like – that it makes me think about is I I think that Justin Fields – being consistently, you know, as as Vams was saying, has the microscope on him. He's consistently been held to a high standard. He's been consistently under pressure and he's been consistently expected to perform. I think that's a good thing. And I think that should essentially go on Justin Fields' resume. But like Crocker just said, I don't necessarily know if that's a thing that should put him over the top of Trey Lance because you've got to be careful about faulting someone for something that was out of their control. You know, like like we've seen several good prospects come from, like Crocker just got done saying, we've seen great prospects come from areas where you could say that same thing about them. We've also seen terrible prospects come from situations where they've had the microscope on them forever, and they've been under that pressure, and then they got into the NFL and it didn't work out. So to me, you've got to be careful on like, Hold, like holding somebody to a standard that they had they had no no part of. Like Trey Lance was still a hell of a young dude at a at a at a fairly high level college. All things considered, that still found a way to get it done. And and so you gotta like kind of you gotta find a way to to look at the ways that that prospect wins and excels because there obviously were plenty of people that somebody that thought like Patrick Mahomes. Um, wasn't worth what he're where he got drafted because of where he played, how it went, wins and losses, stuff that was kind of out of his control in a lot of cases. But once he got put into a situation where he was allowed to thrive, then all of a sudden it was like, dude, who the hell is this guy? And it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people bring up Trey Lance's, uh, you know, who he's competing against and lower level competition. He also had lower level players around him. And so, you know, what if he gets in a situation like, you know, what if he was in Justin Fields' situation? Could he have been even better? Maybe. Maybe he wasn't. But you've got to look at the way these players win in and of themselves without faulting them for something that wasn't in their control whatsoever.
4: I always bring up Cam Newton and the fact that he only threw the ball like 18, 19 times a game and carried his team to a national title. Now, again, I know that he played in the SEC and, and went crazy and won you know a national championship at the FBS level which obviously, like, is amazing, but from their play style, you know, Cam Newton, for some of the same things I'm reading in his comments with, well, he never, you know, uh, Trey Lance didn't have to play from or throw from behind like that. and whether, well, well, Cam Newton didn't either. And for whatever, you know, Cam Newton, whatever, I mean, we're talking about somebody that won an NFL MVP, led a team to a 15-1 record and went to the Super Bowl, right? Um, we're talking about a guy who only threw, what, 18, 19 passes a game in college but went on to throw for four thousand yards as a rookie. Went on to throw for over eight eight hundred yards in his first two games. In fact, I wasn't throwing a lot of passes. So I wouldn't I wouldn't for the style of play that they asked him to do, like, that that's what they asked him to do. Let's look at what he had to potential to be able to do and can you build on that? That I would look at it more so from that standpoint.
2: Yeah, and to me if like if he started plugging in like, okay, well, Let's make it to where Lance had to play from behind. Like, to me, he gets even less recognition at that point because North Dakota State is a worse team. They're losing. You're talking about, you know, drastically altering the situation to where Lance is playing from behind and maybe the team ends up losing. And, and now you've got a guy who, who is even more of the situation is out of control. And he's probably getting less looks from NFL teams because his team didn't win very much. And it's just like you're, you're throwing all these things onto a plate that, like, what is he supposed to do? you got to look at the way the guy wins and what he can do in the next level. And, and and if adversity is, like, your ultimate, like, decider, then maybe he's not the guy for you. But at the same time, there's been players who have gone through a lot of adversity in college and still were horrible in the NFL. And I'll so
4: say that, this, too. but, but uh, My bad to cut you off. In no, the sense didn't. of not going through adversity, I think the ultimate adversity is sticking – and standing true to who you think you are and not being able to go to that college that you really wanted to go to, wanted to go to Minnesota, they offered you a scholarship as a safety. You said, no, I'm a quarterback. And you took on the challenge to go to a lower level, sit out for the first year, you know, red shirt, and then come in and lead a team to a championship at the position you knew you could play. I think there's some adversity to that.
2: All right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, it's like, I know, I think somebody else in here, what was that? Colin put Josh Allen's team's, Weren't winning. Oh, uh, well they well, they they were to an extent. He didn't. They didn't do great. I can't remember the the win to loss ratio and stuff like that. But I mean, everybody knew who Josh Allen was, and everybody had their eye on him. And so it was, you know, like it's 2016. It was he did more winning than losing, you know. So I'm just talking about people. Kind of, it's it's you guys have heard this expression so many times. Like it's like moving the goalpost. Like if we're if we're not gonna fault a guy for this, let's fault him for this. And then you know if 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 we can't get him there, then let's move it to here. And it's just like people are like are constantly finding ways to just pick and prod guys apart, kind of like how people are doing to Justin Fields uh, in, in and stuff that's outside of his control and maybe just blatantly untrue. And so it, it, it's just hard to say what's right and wrong about it all. And obviously everybody's going to have their own opinions. But or some Jimmy stuff,
4: Garoppolo, or Jimmy, right? right. Like, like what was is Jimmy's issues, right? Like why the 49ers went with him and people can say, well, if he has to throw the win, well, we've seen Jimmy grapple after to throw the win. Now his issue more so like why the 49ers are picking at three and having to take quarterbacks because he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. Now, does he have his limitations? Yes. I think going downfield, you know, the accuracy downfield and everything kind of dips. I think throwing outside the, the, the numbers kind of dips a little bit. And my, my buddy also talked about his feet being kind of the reason why he loses some velocity on those type of throws, but ultimately, like, regardless of Jimmy, he's been in every type of situation, and then it's always like, well, if he gets in this situation, he can't do this, or he can't do that, but Jimmy has shown he can win any style. Now, again, he has his limitations, and, you know, he's – ultimately, he's not, like, a playmaker, you know, he's more of just a ball distributor, but, you know, you you could kind of say him, too. Like, you know, it's like somebody can't do it until they get into that position, then all of a sudden they do it, and it's like, okay, well, well he did it that time, can't he do it again? Like, you know, then now again that goes to what you said, kinda of moving the goalposts.
2: Right. People were just you know, they're gonna find they're gonna find what they want to find. So let's keep it going. All right, we got Nathaniel Flynn next up on stage. What's going on, Nathaniel?
7: Hey Rob, I just want to say uh I gotta enjoy how much fun you guys have to be having with all this quarterback talk on Twitter. Like, uh, <laughs> Mayoko's just trolling people and it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. I'm loving that.
2: Yeah, Matt Mayoko has a super, super underrated sense of humor. Like, it's one of those things you got to be there for. But every now and then, it it squeaks through on Twitter. And if you, if you haven't, if you haven't met him and talked to him and kind of heard the things he says in the media room, like you kind of once you do, you're like, okay, this dude is, this dude could be a massive sarcastic troll when he wants (laughs) to be. So we're kind of seeing a little bit of that.
7: Yeah, I get the sense of a lot of dad jokes. Um... Oh yeah. But uh, so my question is, uh, basically, so whatever quarterback is playing or whatever they draft, assuming they trade Jimmy, uh, maybe get some picks, whether or not, uh, what wide receiver, uh, Mr. Crocker, um, do you see available, you know, that they could maybe trade up for? I know it's kind of deep with them, but, uh, you know, is there anybody, you know, late first round um, that you see them just targeting?
4: Uh, um, what What position? I like wide
7: receiver, offensive weapon, um, any any of those that'll help a rookie quarterback if they, you know, start them.
4: I think the thing that helps like a rookie most is really just a good running game and a really good tight end, <laughs> you know, and I think okay. the 49ers have both of those things already, so that definitely helps um, probably somebody that is more of a pure separator right now, which I think even Ayuk is that, and he'll probably take that to the next level this year, so then you have Debo Samuel, who's like, you know, the ultimate weapon, offensive weapon, so I think Obviously, yeah, the 49ers couldn't use another receiver. And, you know, if any other receivers go down right now, they're extremely thin at that position. But I think if you were just to go, like, just straight up 21 personnel, I think that's tailor-made for whether it's Fields or Trey Lance. Right now, those dudes can come in and 49ers run a heavy 21 personnel package. I think those dudes both can excel in that, in that style of offense.
2: Okay, right. cool. Yeah. All right, Nathaniel, appreciate you, man.
4: Yeah, you too. Thank. Hi, right,
2: buddy. All right, rolling in. Lance Lucas, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, Rob? How you doing, man?
1: Good, man. How about how about yourself?
2: I'm all right. I'm we're hanging in there. I'm talking quarterbacks for about the eighth week, eighth week in a row. But.
1: Yeah, and my question got asked earlier, so I I said to switch gears on the fly here. Um, yeah. And, oh yeah, of course on patreoncom slash com You know so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get. Oh yeah, YouTube, t- YouTube uh slash, dot com slash Croc Talk TV, Got to get that in there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Sure. But yeah, since has been asked. Um. Would um in the in the draft is there a, a actual tight end prospect you would look probably to get some depth behind George Kittle? Oh
2: man, and I Ooh, did, I do yeah. think that's probably that's up there. What do you think, Croc?
4: So so if they really wanted to, there's Brevin Jordan, tight end out yeah. of Miami. They probably have to take him second round. Um, and I don't know if they do it, but if they did, like he he's very intriguing. I, I like him a lot. I've been a fan of his since he was coming out of high school, going to Miami, going to the U. So. Um Brevin Jordan definitely legit tight end. There's some other guys though that people talk about a lot about. I haven't dove deep into the tight end. Trimble.
1: But... Ayla just mentioned Trimble and that's what I was gonna say too.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. there's yeah. Brevin Jordan, Tommy Trimble. There's that, that guy from um uh, Penn State, Pat I, I don't know how to say his Freeremouth. Freermouth. Uh he's pretty good. He's a big dude too. Um there's definitely some options there, and Kyle loves having the you know, those two tight ends that you know that can kind of just—it's just a mismatch, a mismatch thing. You know, like nothing, nothing creates mismatches quicker than a tight end kind of like George Kittle. You know that that can do what you need him to do, and then all of a sudden you're having to cover him down the field and you can't do it. So it wouldn't surprise—it definitely wouldn't surprise me if they went that route relatively early rather than a wide receiver. But at the same time, then you look at their group of receivers and you're like, no, 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 they got to go receiver. So it, it's it's hard to say. All right, let's get moving. Let's keep going. Uh, Lance took himself right off of the right off the stage, man. Doing doing my dirty work for me, but I appreciate it. Now I don't I don't have to seem like a jerk. So, um, Travis, Travis, you are on stage. Can you hear us?
8: Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? All right, man. You are uh, here. Big fan of you guys both, Rob and Croc. First time. Thank a long you. Time. Appreciate it, man. Um, but I have two questions if you'll indulge me. Um, Kyle said on a couple of occasions And Lynch has said That uh, he can be a bit of a jerk um, <laughs> So can some of these Like which one of these quarterbacks Can take his uh, sarcasm His uh, honesty uh, The best And if you'll indulge me with the second question That'd be great, thanks
4: you See that's tough because we don't know the kids You know we we don't know These young men and, and But I would say it seems like both of them have reacted to you know adversity very well. I know everybody thinks that Trey Lance hasn't had any adversity, but I'd say some of the things he has to go through and and sticking it out and going to a school like North Dakota State that's a lower division than where he wanted to go to. I think that that's adversity in itself, and seeing how he kind of handled that situation and ended up excelling and playing at the highest level. Um, I, I would think that both guys can take it, but again, you don't know until they get into that situation. And with Kyle, he does definitely seem like the the ultimate asshole. <laughs> so he's going to have to have somebody that is really, like, strong-minded. And I'd say one person that we know can deal with that is probably Mac Jones. I know people don't want to hear that, but, I mean, he he got coached by, by Nick Saban.
7: Right. Nick Saban
4: is, like, he's, <laughs> like, the ultimate, ultimate a-hole. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that you just don't know until they get put in that situation with Kyle.
2: Man, Vams is still in there just yelling at everybody about adversity. <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right, Travis, what's your, yeah, let's, what's your second question, man? Let's get it.
8: Yeah, so the other one was uh, Ohio State quarterbacks, just a bunch of junk for the most part. And North Dakota State, they've got Wentz, Easton Stick, and Trey Lance now. So I know there's not a lot to that. It's just history, but it's wild how bad Ohio State quarterbacks have been.
2: Yeah, that's tough, man. I mean, my biggest thing is, is is I'm I'm never going to, I'm never going to hold a prospect accountable for the people that came before him. That, like I was mentioning earlier, that they had no control over. Now there is some, you know, there's probably some some credibility to the type of system Ohio State kind of routinely runs or sticks to, and and whether or not that kind of grooms NFL passers. But to me, I I always just fall back on the idea that that if I were in that position, I wouldn't want to have a glass ceiling put above me based on what everybody had done before me uh, that I had no control over and nothing to do with. So, I, I mean, I would never avoid somebody based on the school that they went to. But, I mean, I don't know, Crocker, you got any other, other thoughts on that?
4: No, I agree. I mean, the the main thing people say is, you know, scout the, scout the player, not the team. So, you know, I would kind of go with that approach.
8: Yeah. Right. Thank you, guys.
2: Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Travis. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right. Let's keep it going. Appreciate you, Travis. All right, Dylan. You're up. What's up, Dylan? Can you hear us? Dylan. All right, right, here we go. There he is.
8: Let me pull up your tweet. I had a bookmark. Something I wanted to ask about.
2: Uh... Probably some dumb shit. Who, Crocker or me?
8: (laughs) Okay, so – Justin Fields, when he played in college, had his left leg back, and then as his pro day, he had his right foot back. I know that's a Shanahan thing and a thing he likes from his quarterbacks. Do either of you, like, know the benefit of it? Like, what's the big deal of why he likes his quarterback to have his right foot back?
4: No, yeah, nah, I don't know. That's something I wish I would have asked my buddy uh, yesterday when I was on a call with him.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of, it, it, it may affect the timing, you know, because instead of taking, a, a, you know, like a three-step drop, you might be taking like a two-and-a-half-step drop or a, or a three-and-a-half-step drop, and maybe it kind of it, it changes the timing of the offense and when the throws are supposed to be made. Um, because you know, no matter what, if you're if you're right-handed, your last step is going to be that that right foot kind of hitting the ground and, and kicking you forward. So maybe it's just a, a matter of timing within the offense and when they want the ball to come out. But that's really just speculation. I I have no clue, man.
8: Okay, and then another thing I want to ask. I kind of think like it's kind of a given that if we do draft Lance, then. Jimmy will probably be on the roster this year because Lance just hasn't played in a while and they'd probably be rust and I don't know but if we were to draft Fields do you guys think that we would keep Jimmy or would he be moved probably by the end of the
4: draft huh. what you think I, Roger I think teams would really start calling now you know I don't know and I don't even know if the 49ers would will be willing to give him up depending on the quarterback that they take but I, like Kyle said, everybody has a price. He was like, even he was like, even me, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I I, I think they truly want to keep him. But if somebody just get, wants to offer a first, I think Jimmy's gone, and he'd it, be gone in the draft. But they'd yeah, have to offer I I that. think
2: that I think that's a great point, bro. Like I think the moment the Forty ers make their pick at three, I I mean everybody already already knows they're taking a quarterback. But I I still think that as that first round unfolds. And a team doesn't get what they want. I, I, I mean, I, I honestly don't care if it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I know that Trey Lance is kind of considered more of a project. Uh, I'm not really sure that he is. I, we'll see. Um, I think that I'm I'm of the opinion that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be there no matter who it is. You know, I, I just, I think that a team's going to come around. And I think the 49ers are probably going to warm up to, you know, like a second rounder versus maybe a late first that they're expecting or hoping for and, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was one of those you know like late Friday night things. Early Saturday morning you you wake or excuse me, uh early Friday morning, late Thursday night, you wake up and it's like Jimmy Gravo traded to the Chicago Bears for you know, something like that. It just it just wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And if I had to guess that's what I would assume happens. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's uh, – we got DJ Neff.
4: Oh, hold on. I got something to say real quick. Okay. So, so I see Vams going off in the, in, the, in the comments and he's saying, <laughs> Trey Lance never had to deal with any adversity in the game, never played from behind, never had to uh, come back from turning the ball over. And the last game that North Dakota State played with Trey Lance, they were actually down 20 to 18 heading into the fourth quarter and Trey Lance did throw an interception in that game, but still willed North Dakota State to a victory, scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter, and Trey Lance had 300 over 300 combined uh, yards and four touchdowns. So,
2: yeah. And you're talking, is that the game that's considered his worst game?
4: That's the game that's considered his worst game, yeah. Right. Still right. still had 300 over 300 total yards, still had four touchdowns on one pick. And they were down. They were down heading to the fourth quarter.
2: Right. But you know <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna get into it. Vam's gonna vam Vam's gonna vam he's gonna he's gonna think what he wants to think. He's obviously very, very passionate about it. But I believe was that the same game that, that was played in, played in the freezing ass cold, or was that a different game?
4: No uh, the freezing cold that was a national championship game.
2: Okay. All right. So yeah, it was uh, I mean again we're we're it seems like we're punishing a quarterback for being able to uh for for being able to run you know and you're talking about a guy that threw 28 touchdowns in a season and and didn't turn the ball over once i mean that's pretty ridiculous at at any level and again you can't punish him for the level that he's playing at because he's also playing alongside players at that level so what is that guy going to do when he steps onto a field he'll be playing against much more talented players but he's also going to be throwing to the likes of George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel, you know, a little bit of Raheem Mostert in there. So, I mean, you got to scout what the players, what the player can do and, you know, how he wins and can he, can he continue to do that thing in your offense? And that's, that's up to Kyle Shanahan. And uh, and if he thinks that, that somebody like Trey Lance or in the same window, Justin Fields, if he feel like he can continue to win in his offense, the same way he won in college. Then, and it, that, that's really all it comes down to. Again, don't no, try not to punish punish people for for things they didn't have control of. So, um, I mean, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We had one more caller. I almost forgot about DJ Nev. DJ Nev, you there? Hello, DJ Nev.
1: Yeah, how, how, how's it going, everybody?
2: Good, man. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just had a two questions. It was about the. Uh, Mac Jones. I know everybody doesn't like to hear that name spoken. But <laughs> I had a question, just in case that he is our quarterback. I was just curious to learn a little bit more about. Um, well, the first question is, if he was in the same draft class as Joe Burrow, who would go first? Him or, or Joe Burrow? Joe you Burrow. Joe Burrow. Okay, simple, simple, yeah,
4: simple. Yeah, well, Joe Burrow is more of a. He was a playmaker, and I think that's the big difference between the two guys. Like, when you look at Matt Jones, a lot of it has to be played from the pocket. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some plays that I've seen him, like, you know, scramble for, like, 10 yards, which is amazing. It always looks kind of awkward, though. <laughs> but yeah. um, Joe Burrow was just more of a pure playmaker. He was more athletic. He was able to make more plays, like, on the move. And I think – not saying, like, that's the only thing that you need to be successful at that level, but that's definitely, a, you know, a big part of why he was – you know, he went first overall. He had that element. Like, if – I think if Mac Jones had that type of element to his game where he could do a little bit more like that, like, like what Joe Burrow gave you, then we probably would be looking at Mac Jones differently.
2: Correct. And he probably could
4: take yeah. care of his body more. He probably could do something, stuff like that. But yeah. He, Joe he,
2: Burrow's he, like Joe Burrow is like an underrated athlete. Like he's a, he's a good athlete and he can move well. And I think he's got a little bit bigger arm than, than Mac Jones. So, I mean, Joe Burrow was like, I mean, he's the whole picture, man. Like, he's not quite as athletic or fast as like Justin Fields, but I mean, he can do it all, dude. He's he's good, and he looked good for the Bengals too, man. He's he, I think he's gonna be a good player for for a long time. Okay.
1: And the second part of my question is intelligence. So I see all these scout reports talking about how smart Mac Jones is, and He's the smartest quarterback to probably come out since, I don't know, Aaron, Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or whoever the smart quarterback is each draft. But um, I'm just trying to understand how important that could be given that also Justin Fields has the same type of intelligence traits that are being talked about. I heard he has a 3.9 GPA. He scored high in this other exam that was given to him. So I'm just trying to understand like what the attraction could be if it's not physical. And then it's not necessarily intellectual with Kyle. Like, what would he want? Because he kind of gets the same benefit from even Trey Lance. I heard he's a smart kid and very intelligent and knows X and O's pretty well. So I'm just trying to understand what, what would attract Kyle to Mac Jones of all people. That was it. If if, if it's intelligent based, that's it.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think it would be that. I mean, but you can, I mean, we all know those people, right? That are like really smart. Like, they have like, they have book smart, but they have like no common sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe, true, true, true. you know, and, and again, I don't I don't know. Just, I'm not saying he doesn't have common sense, but I'm saying like maybe there is something to that because I do know that Mac Jones does play quicker in the sense of, you know, just the way he kind of sees the field and his decision-making is consistently quick. Whereas Justin Fields, I have seen him make quick decisions, but then he also gets sacked at, a, at an alarming rate. I want to say I heard something that said like he gets sacked once, every 11 times he drops back for a pass. So, okay. you know, that's too. And I think some of that has to do with him just holding on to the ball too long because he's a playmaker, and we've seen that from a lot of guys. But it also could be maybe he's just not seeing the field as fast. Now, I, I don't know that to be the case. But I'm just saying – I'm just kind of, you know, trying to think, think outside the box a little bit.
2: Okay. Right. That, thank you. Thank you. That was all. All right, DJ Niv. Appreciate you, man.
1: Thank you.
2: Uh-huh. DJ nev DJ Niv. Man, we gotta. I feel like we gotta keep this locker room open just so Vams can continue to just fight everybody in the chat. Like it is, it is. If you are not in the locker room, you gotta get in the locker room because Vams is out here fighting everybody right now. Like he is, he is just tearing them apart. Like, I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say tearing them apart. He's tearing something apart. But Vams said, is out they here. They
4: said Vams is Fred.
2: Bam, Bam Bam saw, Bam saw that Fred was not in here and said, somebody has to fight this fight and I'm gonna be the one to do it. He put that, that black, that black shit on his fingers. He put it underneath his eyes, on his cheeks. And then he kind of, you know, a couple stripes across the face like Arnold going to war with the Predator. And he's like, man, I'm gonna make this happen right now because this is going down. Hey, but we had we had one more speaker request slide in here at the last second. All right, we'll make we'll make J C Boza our last one before we get the hell up out of here. Uh, J C coming in the the last minute of the fourth quarter. J C, what's uh what's up, man? You hear us, gentlemen? How are you? Good oh, man. How good are you? Quick question: Do you think um, we'll find out who the Niners will pick before the draft, or do you think we'll, we're going to find out until the very last? minute Oh man, that's a good question. I want to say no. I don't. I, I want to say we won't ever get anything super definitive, like I was talking about earlier. Like, like somebody saying, barring any unforeseen changes, Justin Fields is expected to be the pick tonight. I don't know if we're ever gonna get that. What do you think, Kroger?
4: Yeah, I, I, I do think that there is gonna be, there are gonna be people that want to be first on the, on it, like you know, but 100%. I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna know until that card gets put in.
2: Yeah, it, it's it, – it to me, it just depends on how it's worded. Like, it's got to be like – like, somebody has to be planting their flag, you know, whether that's on draft day or whatever. Like, I don't want to hear any of this, like, you know, oh, well, it could be Mac Jones. Well, yeah, okay, we've got, like, three total options that are under consideration right there. So it could be any of the three. Like, if – I just don't know if we're going to get somebody that says, hey, uh, and, you know, should be – the first three picks should be – Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, you know, I don't, or or are going to be, because should be, you know, that goes against what I was just saying. So I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think we're gonna get that, JC. I don't I don't think so we're in gonna the, get. So it. in other words, a long ass week ahead, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> man. It's gonna be long. It's gonna suck. But hey, dude, it like you know, Thank I dear. say that, but. Dude, it's it, this shit happens once a year. The 49ers have picked number 3. They traded it up to get a quarterback for the first time in fucking forever. Like, I no, man, I mean, as yeah, much definitely. as I'm a grumpy ass man, old man and I hate all this shit and everybody's, you know, opinions that are a little crazy, but like I'm I'm, I'm just now in my head snapped into it. Like, I'm going to try and enjoy this shit because we got like a week and a half left and it's been a new way and form of torture, but we only get to do it once a year and we haven't gotten to, to, to dance this dance with the 49ers in a long ass time. So, I've decided I'm going to enjoy it, JC. <laughs> Same here, man. Thank you guys. Have ahead, right, brother. So, hey, I think that's a, I think that's a I think that's a good spot to end it, you know. Just a no matter how passionate you are, like Vams in the chat, you just enjoy what you're what you're getting for the next week and a half because after that the 49ers are going to have their guy, they're going to make their pick there's going to be dramatically less to talk about. I mean, I guess we could talk, still talk about whether or not they were right or wrong, whether or not that player is going to be good or bad, and we can judge him all we want before he's even stepped onto an NFL field, which makes all the sense as it sounds like. But, you know, at least we can enjoy this process for another week and a half. And I say that kind of sarcastically, but, again, like I just said, dude, like how often are the 49ers are going to do this? It's pretty exciting. It's not going to happen again for quite some time, so – you know, let's just let's have fun with it. Croc, you got anything? Uh, anything you wanna you wanna end with? Nah, I'm good. Make sure you guys subscribe, Croc Talk TV. There you <laughs> go. There you go. You. And Patreon.com/slash Talk. So, all right, guys. Those of you that have been in the chat duking it out with Vams this entire time, I appreciate you, Vams. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate it. Just don't let it uh don't let it become stubbornness. But like I said, I appreciate the passion from everybody in the chat doing their thing. Appreciate everybody hanging out in the locker room with us, spending a spending a couple hours of your Sunday with us, and to everybody listening on the phone. Hopefully you are hearing this. Hopefully we've gotten our audio from the fine folks at locker room, and this is uh, this should be going up Monday morning. So you know, y'all already know what it is. I'm Rob. That's Croc. This is striking gold, and we are signing out.